Yo, what's up? Welcome to the Movie Newbie. I'm your host, Jabril, and get ready for the show. Just a word of warning, spoilers ahead. Yo, what's up, guys? And we are back again. Episode 14? I think it's episode 14. Yeah, episode 14. Yeah, we're losing um, count now. So many. Yeah, dude. So many. And it was great hosting the last theme, Pixar. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Mm. But, again... The experts are coming back, and they've got three new movies for me. They've got a new theme for me. And as always, I got the two guys, my friends, Raf and Ollie. How about you guys say hello? Hello. Hey, what's up? The animals are no longer running the zoo. The, ad- the adults are back in town, ready to take over. <laughs> it was a bit messy, I think. It was I, fun I while get... it lasted, Jabriel, but your <laughs> reign is over. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll never do this ever again, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, you guys... we had we it, you know it was nice it was fun we had a few laughs and we'll never speak of it again. <laughs> yeah, look. If you guys had... give me another movie like Midsommar, I'm taking the reins again. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I still I'm still fucking scared of that movie. But okay, anyways, well, how about you guys bring in the new theme? Yes. Now that we're on equal ground, um, we've been thinking about a new theme for a while, uh, and we didn't. Well, at least I didn't really know what to what to do. You know, the current climate that we're recording it was. Uh, we're quite in a turmoil right now as uh, as a species. Uh, you know, we've got a pandemic going and crippling us, and we've got a global revolution igniting. So there's a lot happening, and it's very overwhelming. Um, but it made me think of back home a lot, uh, back in Singapore. And Ollie and I were discussing about potentially creating a theme around where we live. So the theme that we want to present to you today is Southeast Asian Gems. Um, And we will be selecting films from this region, from this part of the world where we grew up in. Um, And the first film will obviously take place in Singapore. Well, Singaporean Uh, film. Singaporean (laughs) film, exactly. Because we wanted to feel close to home and there's a little movie called Ilo Ilo, directed by Anthony Chan. And it's a movie that received a lot of buzz. I remember my mom talking about it and telling me to watch it. And I did, and I completely fell in love with it. I thought it was incredible just illustration of, of the Singaporean lifestyle uh, and a way of life that we have come mm. to know from Singapore, from living in Singapore. Um, but from a pr- perspective it, that we do not have ourselves. Of course, yeah. yeah. And, um, and But we can relate to, to, to this film, at least I can in so many levels, um, because of the story it's depicting. Uh, and it received a lot of buzz, and the director itself won Camerador, which is a big prize to win. Uh, the film went to Cannes, he won that. And he came back with, you know, major accolades. And I think he went on to direct another film with the same boy actor um, that was in this one. And I can't wait to see uh, this director grow and and take on the industry and really also place uh, a little pin on the map for Singapore uh, in terms of the film industry. So it's it's nice to see something like that come out of it. Um, Ollie, did you have any thoughts with with this particular Elo? Yeah, film? big. Uh, yeah, I have seen, seen it? it. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'm really excited to rewatch it because it's been a while since I last saw it. But um, just for you, just for you listeners out there who don't know what this film is about, it's 
the story essentially the story of a domestic worker from the Philippines who is hired by a struggling family in Singapore in 1997 I believe um uh which I actually didn't realize was the case when I was watching the film initially I only found that out later um but yes this domestic worker comes in and is hired by this family and then over time it is revealed that the family is struggling with a number of different um issues including uh the sun is a little shit um and, <laughs> um they was, yeah and they are all kind of dealing with the fallout of the recession that was spreading throughout asia at that time and the relationship between this domestic worker and this family uh develops over time in interesting ways and it's just a really tender portrait of it's just a little tender snapshot of life from a certain perspective and a really interesting insight into a side of Singapore that is rarely ever seen. So, um, and Jabril, as someone who is, um, you know, partly from Singapore yourself, I'd be really interested to see what you think of this film. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not often that you hear about films from Singapore, at least not talked about in this way, like garnering mm. critical acclaim and international attention. I think yeah. this movie was submitted to as was um, submitted by Singapore as their official. Uh, I think what do you call it? Um, basically their nominee for uh, an Oscar nomination for Best Foreign Film. Mm. Um, I don't think it clinched it in the end, but um, that would have been a rare opportunity for Singapore. And so, yeah. so wait, when did this yeah. movie come out? 2013, I believe. 2013, okay. Mm-hmm. And it's set in 97. Mm. Yes, Around then. Okay. It is. But cool. it, yeah. Because like my only experience with like Singaporean film or singaporean tv has always been it's it's been pretty bad you know <laughs> like i only know they have their unique taste it's it's just like i know stupid ah, boys too. to men or i know stupid like there are more like their comedies and it's just like singaporean humor but um, yeah, I'm really and excited. Have you not, to see have you not like seen this. the wait? Have you not seen the masterpiece Haunted Changi? <laughs> what? What is that? Is that about oh Changi Hospital? It's yeah. It's a it's a it's a ghost. It's like a found footage horror film set. Oh in no! Changi. <laughs> oh no! Please. I, you know what? Never. I know you don't like horror films, but it is so bad. Sorry. <laughs> well, like I remember who worked the... on that production is listening, <laughs> but it is so bad. It is probably unintentionally one of the funniest films you'll ever see. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, well damn, they're trying, I'm pretty excited. You know, they're trying. Yeah. Elo, Elo. I'm pretty excited, man. Elo, Elo. I, I, I've, I have never even heard of this movie. I didn't even know it existed. Um, 2013, I was still in national service, and Ooh. I don't remember anybody talking about it either. So it'll be pretty interesting yeah. to watch something like this. Like, being half Singaporean, um, you know, I've never really lived in like a full-on local dynamic. So, yeah, it'll be nice to see something like that. Pretty mm. pretty excited. Thanks, guys. Dope Yeah. Dope theme. Awesome movie to start with. I, I don't know anything about the movie, but from what you what you guys have been saying, it sounds like a real treat. So mm. can't wait to get to it. Let's do it. Hell yeah. Shall we get there? Let's All right. It. I Let's guess I'll catch it. you guys later. And we'll, I guess... 
shit what do i always say <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll be right back we'll yeah we'll be soon. right back see you soon and um yeah we'll give you our thoughts on the movie all right and we are back just watched elo elo uh what damn good movie yeah huh? <laughs> you know i'm gonna talk like this now i'm gonna do my best english accent it's not that great but okay no i don't think i can do it for no, the entire really thing good. but we are back I thought I, yeah, i'm gonna try I, I i'm to like me. yeah I mean, I have to put it on. It's like, you know, when you get into a taxi in Singapore and you kind of have to like yeah. put on oh, the yeah, accent. I know. Yeah, to, like, I do that yeah. all the time. And I don't want to talk like that for like the entire episode. But I think I'll just like yeah, slide it in every in now and, out, and again. In and out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, especially like when, uh, I what I loved about this movie is like the mm. singlish. <laughs> you know, it's something that I haven't experienced in a while. And I just love the the I guess a di- the dialect mm. the the Creole of Singlish. It's such an interesting way. Mm. Of I know, and like and and like everyone even, makes fun of it as well. I mean, it gets made fun of a lot of people in a in a very lighthearted fashion, kind of joke about yeah. it. But it is yeah. genuinely really enjoyable to listen to. I think mm. I think it's quite yeah. musical in its own way, especially when you've been away yeah. for so long. It's there's something homey about it especially since we grew up there and we lived there for so long it's something that you know Mm. that warmth but yeah like okay so let's start off with our initial Mm. thoughts what did you guys think let's like breeze through this go ahead raf uh yeah i mean i talking about the language of this film already brought me like right back home um i like the fact that I mean, there's so many things I like about this film. Um, it's really, really just a gem that uh, director Anthony Chen has has brought to us. And he painted such a natural and raw Singapore, um, which was not sensualized, which was not sensationalized, sorry, which was not romanticized. It was just raw and just bare and just there i'll end with a rhyme um mm-hmm. just because there was a simplicity to 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 the way he filmed this there was no elaborate set there was no elaborate anything really it was just so plain and simple yet so delicate so intimate um and so just so great um and so human so there are, there, there, there are many things that I would like to break down. But yes, the language, first of all, is something that you never see in film. You don't see Singaporean, you know, you don't see Stinglish ever in cinema. Like, this is not something that I think the common viewer would be like, oh, yeah, I've heard this before, uh, at mm-hmm. least from a Westerner's perspective. Um, so, so hearing that and hearing their conversation flow from, I, I believe it's Mandarin, right? Mandarin to, to English to Filipino and that interweaving like language barrier that's not really a barrier because they're so used to having to speak in and out of different languages that they understand each other even if they're from other parts of the world and that is the 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 boiling pot the swimming pool that is singapore like diversity the cultures that are just in this boiling pot and have like to mingle in and out of one another and i feel like this movie does it so well um, just by presenting the language. And that's just the language that this film has. Um, but the story, I mean, yeah, so so 
just delicate and gentle uh, and beautiful. Um, so yeah, that's that's those are my initial thoughts. And I know that I, I went rambling on a little bit, but what what are some of your initial thoughts, guys? Before I cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll just say um, quickly that I'm yeah I, my my flat out love this movie. I think it's a real gem. I do think that. Um, you know, my personal connection to it as someone who spent a large part of his childhood and life in Singapore um, gave me an extra affection for it as well. Yeah. But I think if you take that away, I still probably would have loved this movie. It's just such a loving, tender and sensitive and humanistic um, portrayal of a family and of this domestic worker. Uh, I think it's really smart in how it chooses to convey in how it chooses to tell its story. You know, it doesn't it doesn't bang you over the head necessarily with its themes or with the ideas. It kind of lets information about who these people are and what they're struggling with. It sort of parcels it out in clever, mm. subtle ways and then sometimes brings it to the fore in other ways. Mm. And um, yeah, it's also just really enjoyable, I think. You know, for, for an independent film uh, that's basically like a domestic drama, some people might hear that and think it might be kind of dry or a little bit challenging. Um, or unengaging, but I think it's just like really economically made. Like it moves along at such a fast clip. It brings you in pretty quickly without wasting any time. And you're just kind of hooked on these characters instantly, even though some of them are quite unlikable. I just think they find ways to make them really um, sympathetic. And I think the performances across the board uh, by the by the four principal actors are just really great really i mean there's lots to talk about there um but yeah this is one of those films that you know um and I'm, we might be able to discuss this a little bit more later but this is one of those films that i, I always hope that we'll get to talk about uh on this podcast because i think these are films that not a lot of the people that may listen to this podcast will have heard or will have seen before mm -hmm. but these are the ones where hopefully we can encourage people to check out films like these because they're often underseen and um I think they are needed in this world. So, um, yeah, in a, t in a time like the one we're going through, I think films that look at people in different classes and in different struggles with this kind of a humanitarian outlook is yeah. needed more than ever. So, yeah, um, I went on a little bit longer there than I probably should have. But, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. Mm. Excited to talk about it. Mm. Yeah. So, for me, same, same, like, same, same, same. You know, <laughs> if I, if I want to go into this English, um, same, same, you know, like I really enjoyed this film. It really, br uh, brought me back to, cause I didn't live in Singapore until 2008, but I had always gone back in the summers <clears throat> to visit. And, um, it really, like, small, the small things like the old taxis and, um, the the HDB mm. buildings, um, which is like similar to a council estate if you're in the UK, like government mm. housing. Um, but yeah, like the characters. Um, I have a lot of relatives who lived in those kinds of places, uh, cousins who went to local schools. Um, there was a lot that I saw in this movie that just really moved me in a way that a lot of I guess Western movies or other movies wouldn't be able to, they wouldn't have that same mm. effect, let's mm. say, you know, just cause I, 
you know, it's, it's a part of me. It's a part of where I'm from, you know. Um, having a helper growing up as well, you know, so there's that, as that aspect too. And yeah, there's just so much that's, there's so much in the movie that's so tender and moving and mm. warm, you know? So I completely agree with you guys. There's maybe a little bit of things that I found, like I'll maybe I'm, I'm mm. nitpicking about mm -hmm. it, but it's such a small thing that it wasn't really a huge problem. Yeah, but you know, in the week, so in the week that that I've had to watch this movie, I've watched mm. it twice. Actually. Oh, really? You know? Yeah, I've actually seen this oh, twice. Damn. I watched it today before recording this, and I watched it right after um, we spoke mm. about it because I just I just really enjoyed mm -hmm. it, you know? And I and I miss Singapore. <laughs> it's been so long since I've been there. So yeah, I guess let's. Let's get let's yeah. get down to it. And you know what, nitpicking um, is good because we start that means that you know you are forming into a cinephile. You're being more cynical. So this is exactly <laughs> what we what we want. You know, nitpick the shit out of it for yeah. sure. So I don't know sh where shall we start? Shall we start with the the language or the characters? Maybe we should start or... with talking a little bit about yeah the, the the four main characters. So. Mm. I think you've got a, a brilliant um, uh, portrait in the of a character in the um, protagonist in um, Terry. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. I thought um, she probably feels very real to us as people who grew up around families who had domestic workers in Singapore or may have had domestic workers ourselves when we were living in Singapore. And a lot of, you know, mm -hmm. what she has to put up with and mm -hmm. the attitude she brings to her job and to her personal life is probably uh, recognizable to a lot of us. But what I liked about her was that obviously um, a lot of the movie you're seeing her kind of get shit on quite a bit, I think, or mistreated. <laughs> mm -hmm. But at the same time, she's not like a completely tragic figure. Like she is, she's not a total pushover. No. Mm -hmm. Like one of my favorite bits was when yeah. after that, you know, really obnoxious little kid, Jale, like basically tries to get her arrested for shoplifting, right? <laughs> and gets her trouble. Uh, yeah. And she just immediately storms into his room and just, like, you know, straight up just basically, like, schools him, like, grabs him by his cufflinks and holds him down. He's like, you will not bully me. And I yeah. like that because it yeah. just makes it... Mm. She's less... She's not such a passive figure, you know? Mm -hmm. What I What I really loved is how they revisit different things in the movie in different ways. I don't know if that's, if I'm explaining it correctly, but like the way she, like after that scene where she holds him down, like, oh, you, you fucking made me look as if I was shoplifting. <clears throat> and then at the same time, when she gets um, the cigarette mm. scene, you know, she also comes in, barges in on him, but it's, it's a similar sort of thing, but completely mm -hmm. different. So, that happens as well um, multiple times or like the smelly mm. hair thing yeah. like throughout the movie he says oh yeah you smelly hair hey you got smelly hair your hair very dense <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay not like that but <laughs> um, <laughs> but those moments I just love yeah. how it was those moments are so great and I think just all four mm. characters like I love the the jealous mm -hmm. mom yeah, kind of yeah. like 
I think what really hit me hard was when Jala was like, um, you leave, you, he basically said you left your son to go and work. And then she was like, well, that's what your mom did. She's going off to work and she hired me to take care yeah. of you. And that really hit home where it even made Jala like not question <clears throat> that. And I don't, it's, it's hard to talk about these characters because they're so great. Maybe the dad was a bit like the least, like the least developed out mm. of the four. Mm, interesting. But I really, I really warmed to the character um, of the dad actually, just because I think, I, I, I think was, the, the yeah, actor definitely. who apparently is more, I, I haven't seen any of his other work, but apparently he's more known as a comedic actor oh, in right. Singapore. Okay. Which is funny because I think he gives a really um, good dramatic performance in this. Mm -hmm. But I mean, yeah, he he's mm. arguably perhaps the least sympathetic of the characters in many ways. But I don't know. He's got such a hangdog expression the whole time. Mm. You can't help but feel sorry for him. And also, you know, he's one of the few characters that, at least in the beginning, tries to be a bit more um, sensitive towards Terry. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they had like a connection, like when he was caught smoking in the in the hall mm, of the stairwell. Yeah. He's like, "You, you don't tell mama." <laughs> and she's like, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, and then yes. and then the the reciprocal aspect uh, of it when the mom finds out the cigarettes and he comes to say that it that was yeah. me actually because it could have so been it, it mm. so easily been the maid's fault, which is a lot of these moments you are screeching from your teeth because you're like, "Oh my god." is because the maid's going to get in trouble. She, she's bearing the, the brunt so of a lot of the mistakes moments. that the boy yeah. makes or the father oh, makes. So many moments. And there's those moments where you're like, holy shit, the maid is basically the, uh, the vacuum uh, of a lot of their flaws, of a lot of their mistakes. And she's here to pick up the pieces, whether it's to be blamed on or whether mm. it's to be um, celebrated with. And I feel like I, all characters um, have moments this movie doesn't, um, and the writing in this movie doesn't ignore a single of the core characters. I feel like they all shine in the moments that they are given, which is why this film elevates to, to, to a higher level, is because of this unit, of this ensemble. Um, and, 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 and Terry, the helper, she, she, she carries the family's woes. You know, She carries the mess, but also shares their happiness and moments of joy. Um, so there's there's this yeah. whole family aspect of it where she integrates uh, at, at one moment in the film and you see that she's part of the family, even when the family still struggles economically, financially, um, you know, they're not emotionally. Yeah, emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, which, they're, which moment which moment are you talking about? Sorry, the, the one where you felt <laughs> that. She had finally been integrated into the family. I, I think when um, when they celebrate the the birthday, isn't it? Uh, when oh, they yeah. when they get the cake out and or or, or oh, when they're okay. at the. Um, I thought it was the yeah the graveyard, the, the graveyard is another uh, one which is uh, I think a masterclass in writing by the way yeah and just yeah. because mm -hmm. that I was talking sorry not to change um, gears or anything no, but no. I was talking a little bit earlier on about how this uh, the director does such a good job of communicating emotions and plot with really simple unspoken action and i think that's this that's that scene with the car by the graveyard is such a great mm. metaphor because terry has to get so terry has to drive the car get in the driver's seat basically while the son and the father push from behind the mum is pregnant so of course she's not going to be involved in that but you know that she's already feeling like she's being edged out of her family by mm. terry 
and that she mm. doesn't isn't providing a, a, a value as a mother anymore. And so she just kind of st- stands there with this real grave look on her face as she watches like Terry, um, her husband and her son just go off in the car without her and yeah. just go down the road. Yeah. And it's just so, so perfectly done. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And that's and 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 that's the the um, the fractures that you can see, but also the layers in in how all roles are kind of interchangeable, you know. The, the helper, mm-hmm. and, I, and I know we can relate to that because all of our helpers and all of our helpless friends have become that role through time. I don't know if you guys had a helper throughout, you know, um, well, I know Gabriel and actually I know both you, you guys had helpers for, for a time yeah. at least. And I know they carry that burden uh, of, of being the, the, the replacement mother, of being the surrogate mother, of, of, of taking on that role and creating perhaps a conflict between her and, and, and the biological mother. And you can see that in this film. And it's so powerful because you, uh, you immediately feel for the helper because she bears that responsibility and she knows she has to do it because otherwise, you know, more conflict can occur. Um, so those moments of genuine happiness when they celebrate either the cake uh, in their house and, you know, she's invited to, to come sit down or even the moment when they're invited to the, uh, to the dinner party and she can't sit with them and uh, the, 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 uh, the father says sorry. Um, those little like, and then the mom's just like, why are you apologizing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, th- yeah. there's all this dynamic that happens and it makes it so real. So, so tangible, um, that you feel like a, a lot of the times, like I almost had like emotional bursts of like, you know, gasping or like, uh, or even mm. like had a few tears because it was so, so relatable. And yes, uh, like, like Ollie mentioned, the, the extra bonus is because we have, lived in Singapore and we have enjoyed and basked in that kind of way of life. But, um, yeah, so, so powerful, so human. And I think the humanness of the story is what creates the profound and grounded reality we see. Um, and it's just honest, you know, like you strip everything away and it's just honest. Like there's no movie that comes close to the honesty that, that, that this movie like presents, which is why it's very, it's devoid of any like kind of real flaws that that bigger blockbusters would mm-hmm. have or or bigger independent yeah. productions would have this 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 just strips everything away just to find the human core aspect of of the movie and it finds it in its characters but now can we talk about the scoundrel that is the aboy cuz he <laughs> jolly jolly cuz he Jala. i mean that Jala, is a masterclass in how to make me hate you that yeah that, that, that kid uh, that kid either must yeah. be insufferable himself or one of the world's greatest actors because he does such a good job he like, is so me. good Man. i just want to yeah. like you know and like well, do you want a question yeah absolutely yes i've seen kids like that that i freaking yeah. hated i remember seeing oh what i'd see gosh. kids like that on the bus all the time mm. like scolding their not, their, their and, like um their domestic workers too yeah yeah and just like you know the Tamagotchi. Uh, the 90s Tamagotchi. I was just like, yeah. Oh, just freaking put the Tamagotchi down. Or even in the end where they're like breaking the bad news to him that Terry's gonna go back home. And he's there just like with the with the straw and the cup. Oh, and it was just yeah. like the most annoying But it was such was it was so um Fucking But that another, that again was so emotionally intelligent because mm. that is how a kid yeah. like that would react. Yeah. They wouldn't burst into tears mm-hmm. necessarily or 
have give a heartfelt speech about why they want this person to stay they'd probably they don't know how to handle those emotions what they're feeling so they would act yeah. out in a way that was really hostile and mm-hmm. for him that was just being as annoying as he possibly yeah. could be and aggressive i mean it was clearly a way for the the director to show a kid who had i guess adhd or um some sort of like hyperactivity problem and it's something that in i guess in singapore it's something where they'll always just call you a naughty mm. boy you know mm. why are you so naughty why are you always mm. doing it like that why are you so naughty why don't you listen to your mommy <laughs> you know like mm. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff like that, they always just push it to the side. Even things like um, being left-handed or, you know, not paying attention in class. There's so many, a lot of these things where they just expect you to push it to the side. And it's very difficult for these kinds of kids. So I thought the way that that was developed in this movie was just mm. so great. You know, they show like... You could tell that he had a very special connection with his mm-hmm. grandfather, and that was sort of replaced by Terry, even though his grandfather had barely any mention in the movie other than the the portrait mm. in his room. And I think when they visit uh, the graveyard, and I think they have like a conversation. But yeah, they, they, they suggest that the son money. started acting up after his grandpa died. I think they they're doing that. Yeah. I think they. Yeah. That's another thing where it's done quite subtly, isn't it? Like I think his mum says at some point mm. early on, "Oh, he was not this naughty when his grandpa was around," or like mm. he's only recently yeah. started acting up like this. Yeah. So basically, and, he's mm. dealing with grief, but in a potentially in a, in a very childlike manner. You know, there isn't like a deep monologue that he's going to go into about like the grief that he's experiencing. It will come in bursts. It will come in annoyance, and it will be uncontrolled, which I feel like that is a kid at his age that is that is what they do it's what we do you know when we were at that age we had no idea how to how to control our emotions and how to explain them it it, it came in bursts and to to have um which then weaves in this this other theme of the uh, extreme discipline disciplinary actions that a lot of educational systems in singapore take um and yes i'm talking about and i'm referring to the uh, the caning scene that that happens you know three quarters in the film it's maybe maybe there's a correlation between this kind of extreme discipline and the 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 outburst that the that this kid feels because he is kind of alienated when you think about it you know he he's not like the other kids you know he's not uh, he he doesn't have that kind of discipline or that kind of uh, attitude towards class you know he's kind of a dreamy he's kind of a dream boy you know he looks over. Uh, at the window or he 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 uh, doodles in his book and he also creates um, a bunch of numbers to for the lottery yeah he's, so he's obsessively com- obsessively compiling what was yeah. it like i didn't quite understand how that worked but i get the sense that he was obsessively compiling what is it numbers that they've announced yeah in, for in in lotteries yeah, so and or i didn't get it either but that's yeah, probably so because he's a genius and i'm not um, yeah yeah like get some <laughs> savant well it's 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 4d 4D is basically like the lottery, or I, I can't remember what it's called in the UK. Like oh, big um, something, like what big was it jackpot, um, big lotto, uh, something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it's like lotto. And then basically in Singapore, you you go to the 4D shop, you put in like the numbers that you think are lucky, like you you write them down. And I guess he was tracking every mm. week. Yes, mm-hmm. and trying to create like um a probability sort of 
I don't know, algorithm yeah. of some kind some sort of where he could sort thing. of predict numbers. Basically a beautiful um, mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was um, almost, it, that's where it almost took on like a slightly <laughs> mystical heightened reality thing. Yeah. Where, like this kid could apparently, I don't know, predict or guess lottery winning numbers. Mm. But also it had, it led that's to... That's what made it so sad. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, but it also led to, and that's like when you see him break down, mm. the only time really is that you just see from behind his head him like gripping the back of his hair mm. and clearly crying when they when he realizes he hasn't won yeah. the lottery but also one of my i laughed at so hard when uh, <laughs> he's brought into the um, principal's office mm. because he got in trouble for fighting with that boy in the bathroom and you see that vice principal mm. or whoever it is that he had basically helped win the lottery like earlier <laughs> And when yeah. the when the principal is scolding him and telling him that you're gonna he's gonna be expelled, he just like looks over at the at the vice yeah. principal and gives and him like, like a little money sign, like <laughs> you owe me, basically. Yeah. So so do you think the vice principal helped him, or was it the fact that his mom showed up that he got the caning? I don't know. I I, I think they're suggesting that maybe it's a combination of the vice principal, but then also. Maybe Terry, because you know how Terry came in there and almost acted like she was his mm. mom, mm -hmm. and that's what got the mother so upset. Yeah. But I think something about her, um, maybe Pleading. about her plea, mm. kind of um, mm -hmm. softened the principal and uh, you know allowed her to change her mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So one thing that I wanted to uh, to touch upon was before he got his punishment, before he got caned. Um, they were basically saying the Singapore Declaration, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you guys are very familiar with. Well, no, um, we should we should say from the outset. Sorry, we should just clarify for the listeners that um, Raf, Jibril, and I we all went to international schools in Singapore, which are schools reserved primarily for expats. Um, even though you will have people mm -hmm. of um, local origin sometimes um, who have mixed mixed parents. So like me, yeah, who will be going there. Yeah. Um, so like me, I grew up overseas and moved back to Singapore. So it would have been pretty difficult to go to mm. a local school. So I did go to an international school. but And neither of us um, went to the same in, international school. We all went to a different one. No, no, yeah, yeah, we all, we all, we all yeah. met on the mean streets. As part oh, of on like the mean the, streets. Of <laughs> where all the expat kids came to hang out and get up to no good. <laughs> yeah, and drink a lot of booze. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, Basically, this national declaration in Singapore, they would play it, I think, every morning on, like, um, Singaporean mm. local channels. So the Mediacorp channels, like Channel 5, Channel 8, which is basically, I don't know, the free channels. And in school, you'd have to say it. So I thought it was really, really cool to include that where they basically say, we the citizens of Singapore pledge ourselves as... Um, Wait, let me just look at it. Uh, we, the citizens of Singapore, pledge ourselves as one united people, regardless of race, language, or religion, to build a democratic society based on justice and equality. And then it kind of fades away to show that, yes, that's what they say, but it's very clearly not the mm. case because economically they are not equal. Racially, they treat each other differently. At least all the kids movie. in his and school, that. if you base at least any of those that had like speaking parts were like the um, the main family were of Chinese descent, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It didn't look like mm -hmm. a multicultural school. And of course, they don't treat no. Terry, who's from the Philippines, 
with the same kind of respect yeah. in the mm. same way. Yeah, and you could even see like with the when the main principal come in, who's of I know her. I guess uh, South Asian. Oh, yeah. the actress. Yeah. Did you did you teach in the cell? Uh, no, but she was, she was an actress that did a, a lot of work. I'm sorry to cut you off, Jay Real. I just, yeah, just realized when I saw no her, I was like, oh, and we're actually doing, uh, <laughs> so at the moment we're doing this, uh, this read along Shakespeare and, and she's in it. So I'm, I, I get to read alongside her every now and then, but she, yeah, she's a, a pretty big star in, in Singapore and does a lot of theater. Mm. Oh, cool. But like you can see, sorry, mm. throughout the movie, um, I think in the beginning they were like, "Oh yeah, th that guy is a westernized mm -hmm. guy, mm -hmm. bust the the new boss." And even the principal, you could see the way she speaks, she doesn't really have a Kinda Singlish accent. British. She actually speaks that, um, a more British, British Indian westernized mm -hmm. yeah, accent, sort of post-colonial yeah. accent. Yeah. Um, so I loved how they that's a really put interesting the point in the backdrop, yeah. and the way they, like what they showed didn't really correspond to what was being said with the pledge and i thought that was like an amazing way to to just elevate the movie yeah no that's a really great point jabriel um and i guess before we move along i'd like to if she's listening shout out to joe kukatas um who as i mentioned i i read with uh weekly uh, for our our Shakespeare or our Shakespeare read along that we do on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays because we're actors and we're bored and we want to read some Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're listening, shout out to you um, and terrific performance. Um, love your work. Anyways, let's carry on. Um, so uh, I also wanted to kind of go on about the uh, because you see it in glimpses and it's very uh, cleverly. Uh, written in, but the social and economic aspects um, or theme um, mm. that this film explores, because we're we're dealing with, uh, you know, this is set in 1997, and it's the kind of Asian financial crisis era, uh, where Singapore, um, a along with a lot of Asian countries, suffered greatly uh, economically. Um, and you can see that in, in glimpses. Uh, one instance, uh, a horrifying glimpse, which is a suicide, uh, and it's Terry who who witnesses, uh, yeah, man jump off from the HDB building. And that was a huge twist for me mm. because they kind unexpected. of foreshadow her. Yeah, it was unexpected because in the beginning, um, what's the mom's name? Oh, um, I can't uh, remember the mom's name. But uh, anyways, I can't believe we still don't have a fact checker. Like, <laughs> I thought we had a bit bigger budget. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah we yeah. just need that um zero that that Squarespace um sponsorship yeah. to come in. <laughs> um, it's a uh, Hui Lang. Hui Lang. Hui Lang. Okay. Well, anyways, in the beginning, she's like, "Don't drop those, um, you know, the drying racks." Mm. Mm -hmm. And she does drop it, and then I'm like, "Oh shit, she's gonna get screwed by by ma'am, by yeah. madame." And then instead that happens, yeah. the, the suicide. And I was like, Whoa. yeah, which was, and it was filmed in a really was, um, effective way as well. Yeah. It's not like, you, yeah, yeah. obviously it, they probably wouldn't have had the budget to, you know, shoot in a wide shot, like a dummy falling from the sky and hitting mm. the ground. But instead they sort of, it, I, cause I think she's caught in the, they really capture like the shock of the moment because I think she mm. gets blinded a little bit by the sunlight in that moment. And then you just see like a flash of the body, you know whipping past the screen 
and then it hitting the ground and then you just have silence and the, the birds like flocking yeah, it's yeah really well white done. the white yeah the the, the kind, that kind of white noise and, and and whiteness in 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 the despair that she sees but like you say ollie very economical in in a lot of the um, the effectiveness the uh, and scenes and the way like the sequences or the uh the, the, the way a, uh, a scene is composed, it's so economical and effective. And that just comes to like brilliant writing and brilliant composition. But this wasn't very, very common in Singapore in, in the late 90s because of the financial crisis, but also still mm. quite common uh, among Singaporeans. Yeah. There's a high suicide rate that occurs, um, you know, from just social pressure, social pressures, uh, economic pressures, you know, it's, it's work, work, work. It's that kind of, uh, of lifestyle where you, you're, you're in the office from, especially to the blue collar and white collar, uh, uh, demograph, uh, you know, they, they work 15 hours a day, 16 hours a day. And we're not talking just, you know, men working, we're talking women working, which is why, um, and I remember studying this in, in, in geography, uh, we were looking at the, the, the elderly population in Singapore and why that is, and the lack of, of youth in Singapore. And that's because uh, both male and females took on the responsibility of, yeah, being office workers and, and working all the time, which is why you have uh, lesser and lesser um, depth in family or bigger families. You have smaller families with perhaps only one child, just like the Aboy. Um, mm. And but, so, yeah, that was that was a really strong uh, I had a really strong impression with with, with yeah. that. And I remember always talking about it with my parents, um, this kind of just this this knowledge on on suicides in Singapore, which is also closely linked to um, the military service that you do two years. A lot of people don't want to do that, especially young boys. Um, and there's yeah. there, there was a few cases of of that happening. Of, not not even that, just like. So you say, like, the moms and dads working mm. all the time from, like, morning, like, 5 a.m. Mm. They'll wake up 4 a.m. and they'll get back home, like, super late in the evening. But I'm pretty sure you guys have noticed this as well. You'd see kids in their uniform, like, going about at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning to get to school for their preschool activities. Yeah. Mm. And then after their activities before school starts they've got school mm. and then after school they've got after school activities and then after that they have tuition mm. then after tuition they have homework to do then after the homework they still have stuff to and do. the weekends and then and, the weekend they, and they, even on the weekends yeah. they like i remember seeing kids in their uniforms in the weekend it's like just this entire pressure yeah. from all forms mm -hmm. like from in all stages of the, life from a very young at all stages of life like late retirement age as well and um yeah absolutely and it's also like yeah. um that's what i really like about this movie too is that it's showing um a side of singapore that is not commonly seen around the world because when you ask anyone mm -hmm. yeah. around the world who hasn't been to singapore what is your impression of singapore the, the first word they, they think all of is think luxury crazy yeah, rich exactly. Asians. they think of they all they, see crazy rich Asians. They, they don't see, see this the, movie. the shopping malls. They see the beautiful, mm. the, the beaches. They see Sentosa. They see the, the extravagant wealth. They think of the financial um, hub. They think of the drinking culture, the party culture. Um, and yes, that, that does exact, absolutely exist. But like Singapore is known to be a country that does not, in, in theory, because it's such a tightly controlled state, does not have a massive poverty problem. But if you were to look at their mm. 
like average median GDP, it's quite low um, compared to the rest of the world. So, mm -hmm. and you'd be surprised to find that a lot of people I've spoken to, a lot of local people in particular, struggle economically in Singapore, or they are they they yeah, are um, they are living week to week, and are slaves yeah. to their jobs and slaves to their wages, and are often passed over on opportunities in favor of um, expats. So you know this is a, something mm. that. I don't know. We all know a little bit about ourselves, and perhaps our families had mm. a hand in too. But um, yeah, and you, you never see that. It was commonplace. Yeah, and it's commonplace for for a lot of Singaporean families to harbor in um, the the hierarchy of a family structure. You know, where you get the the grandpa, the grandma, the father, the mother, the kid, and then their kids. So you all get them on one roof to support one another because that's the way they kind of have to survive is by you know, um, creating a community within the family so that everyone can work their wages and everyone can support the family. And that's most, most uh, HDB living, right? This house development board kind of like living or lifestyle of, of having big families support each other as, as a net. Mm. Um, if, I'm, if I'm not wrong, it's something like 70 to 80% of Singaporeans live in government housing, mm -hmm. if like, I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I believe it's something very high. Mm. And you'd find all walks of life living in HDBs. Mm. Um, it's completely normal to have someone who owns three or four, three or four flats that they've like broken down the walls and turned into an awesome, like almost mansion next to someone who has basically an entire family living in a two bedroom, uh, yeah, black. and and yeah. and the system like, as well is 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 um like I don't know, I'm not an expert on this, and so I'm please you know if anyone knows better, um correct me, but um I think as well in the comment section below, <laughs> yeah, at me on Twitter, um but like uh isn't it with in Singapore with the HDBs is that you're essentially like guaranteed an HDB as a citizen of Singapore. Yep. And then when you come of age, you, you when you get to a certain point, you get your HDB. I don't know if you have to be earning a certain wage, but then because property- You have to apply Yes, and then like property rates like, are so um, so high in Singapore because it's such a, there's so, so little land essentially for such a large population. Like property prices are exponentially high. And um, mm. so you will be essentially paying off the government for that mm -hmm. HDB, your mortgage will exist until you are essentially in retirement age, basically. Mm -hmm. And it's also something like the larger your family is, the easier it is for you to get one of yeah. those. Right. Um, and is that, was that not like a social so, um, sort of incentive, perhaps, to try to get, is, to get yes. people to have more kids? And we've, we've spoken about this a little bit. This is a bit off topic, but... I think the problem they've had with the aging population in Singapore is because not enough people are having kids. Mm. And a lot of it is because mm -hmm. a lot of couples, even when they're married, are still living with their parents in that HDB. Yeah. And so they've complained about not having enough because as well, it's quite a conservative society too, not having enough privacy to actually get it on and actually make a kid. Yeah. yeah. To well, make the baby. They, they even spoke about yeah. it. They, um, they, like this family, they were living with... Um, the the father's dad yeah. grandfather and the reason why they lived on the second floor was because it was easier for him to go to the oh, flat yeah. instead yeah, of them do. living on a higher floor um 
and then he passes away and then there's that whole dynamic um obviously now in singapore there are lifts and elevators in almost every building but that would have been a huge decision mm. for a young family to invest in something like that it's collective it's collective thinking more than it is independent thinking yeah. um, it's, and it's Singapore is filial like piety yeah. can yeah. You know, the, the more confucianist yeah. I think they even they even mention the idea of face in Asian culture and especially in Chinese culture. Like um I think when they go to the party and mm. and he's uh having drinks or was it he was uh smoking and she's mm. like yeah you made me lose oh, face. Oh maybe yeah. maybe that's because and also he was um because he was apologizing to the Oh he said to Terry. He yeah, said sorry yeah. right to to Terry. Yeah. 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 But the the idea of face is to lose your worth within the community, mm, and right. the power of your face is basically your reputation in your community. Mm. So when someone in Singapore says, "Oh, um, I lost face," it's, uh, it's no, hard it's, to it's like you've lost, you've lost, yeah, you've lost your reputation, you've lost your standing, you lost like standing, and they, they talk about that, you yeah, know, the sort of. The gulf between what the the image that you're trying to present, or what you're trying to project to the rest of the community, and what you're actually dealing mm. with behind closed doors. When just before that party, they're looking, they they have to fill that red envelope, right? Because I think, is it? I don't know what the party is in celebration is it, of. Was like an engagement or a? I think it's his. I think it's her mom's mom's birthday. Okay, birthday, birthday? right? So you have a red envelope with cash, which is very yeah. common in that part of the world. Yeah. The matriarch. And yeah. they were they were deciding how much money the husband and the mom and dad were deciding how much money to put in that envelope, and the dad you know knew they were going through really tough times. He was out of work, and yet she said, you know, oh, you got to put in more, otherwise they'll think we're cheap, you know. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So it's it, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, presentation that, that that has to go into it as well because you want to be prosperous, you want to attain wealth, and you want to show your family that you're doing all right. And it's this kind of like bypass culture of like uh, we're doing okay, we're dealing with it. Um, and then behind closed doors, it's a very different picture that's painted. Um, yeah. And and you know what I mean? Like this film is an hour and 43 minutes long, yet we're debunking like so much, right? There's so much to deconstruct. Mm. There's so much nuances. There's so much subtleties. And that's like, I, I don't know, like that's the, that's the, that's the work of, of, of art right there. The fact that we're able yeah. to like really crunch and like mm. nitpick and like deconstruct all of these like minutia yeah. uh, aspects of this film. It's, it's crazy. I, I really wanted to say um, that this movie was, there were so many beautiful moments mm. in the movie and it was, um, every moment was like threaded together in such a really, like such a really, I mean, a, a super good way, mm-hmm. you know, like from every moment. Very delicately. It, 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 it finishes. Very delicately. Yeah, very delicately. it finishes on, when you, when you finish watching it, it feels very complete in a way. Even yeah. like a really satisfying yeah. meal, even though it's not, um, even though it doesn't actually end in like a really, it doesn't resolve the drama necessarily. Like you, when no. the, the, the Terry leaves and that's sad. And I don't think there are really any, there's no, there's no comforts to that. She it ended she, in turmoil. She, yeah, she has to go home. You don't know if she's going to be able to, like, she's back with her, um, with her son, but her you son. don't know if she's going to be able to support her family now that she has to return to the Philippines, the dad still doesn't have mm. the have the job. You, the mum's situation is really precarious. 
the kid is still pretty mm, they have a new then they've kid. got another child as well on top of everything and and they've just mm. scrapped their no car. car and so mm. it ends you know with it ends on a you could say like a rather bleak outlook for the for the future but i don't know it's mm. it didn't yeah it didn't necessarily feel like a depressing ending necessarily i didn't leave it feeling I sad i think because yeah i you know what i and, and, and that's the first thing that I kind of mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. There is no sensationalism. There is mm. no romanticism. This is pure life, just, you know, just in, its, in, in all its pictures. Um, there isn't the ending, you know, that kind of Hollywood-esque ending of like, everything's okay, guys. Like, they won mm. the lottery. They got the millions. Well, like, he opened um, the bubble tea oh, store, which I was, the, I yeah, was really, I was really, I was always store. hoping that he'd get that. Though. I was like, that sounds great, man. Yeah. Like, you your bubble well, tea because store. I, <laughs> and I think it, it, it lays breadcrumbs so you can remain hopeful because there are certain possibilities. Maybe they will win the lottery eventually because that kid is like scrunching up some real ass numbers or maybe the bubble tea stand will rise to fruition because suddenly the dad feels inspired or you know the mom will be well, on the dad from the dad becomes a taxi driver the thing that i thought that was where he was headed i was like this guy well, was that was that was that, was that, was that what he was doing then at the end is that what they were gonna they were saying yeah well they they showed up in a taxi in a in one of those black oh, and yellow I didn't taxis, even catch that. which don't exist anymore. If you kind of if you think about it, I uh, remember those. Like, no. I, know, I, remember I remember those taxis. They, they, they weren't comfort taxis, were they? They had like a specific smell. No, they weren't comfort taxis. Were, yeah. I think they probably got bought over by comfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, comfort don't grow. Um, but what what I was gonna say is like, yeah, I think I I. At the beginning of this podcast, I was like, oh, there's a few things that I might have a small problem with. I take that back. <laughs> I don't have any problem. You've you talked yourself out of it. <laughs> now, now that uh, yeah, now that we've talked about it, I'm like, oh, this this all makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and we didn't even cover, you know, I mean, because I guess we're running out of time now just because yeah, she this... yeah, had so much to talk about. But we didn't even really like uh, explore the, well, the helper situation as well. Like, you know, where she came from uh, and Ilo Ilo which I don't think we clarified, but is um, the hometown is from where the helper is from. Um, yeah. Because okay. someone asked me that earlier on. It's like, oh, what does Ilo Ilo mean? And I was like, uh, sorry, what? <laughs> um, so uh, I'm glad I found out. Um, and it makes it even more wholesome. You know, Ilo Ilo is where she's from, and that's just even more beautiful now. It's quite mystifying, I though. I don't know why they named it after her hometown because it never really comes up or at least i don't remember it coming yeah. up. yeah exactly oh, yeah because she's supposed to be like there. she's supposed to be <laughs> so there's it there, there's the there's the film's main flaw yeah absolutely well i don't think that's i think it's just a way of showing that that role in the family is always like Push the side. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You sit outside. But you, you see, know. you see. Um, I'm glad that, and that's just the, the 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 work of of having to portray such vivid characters. You also get the the struggles uh, of the helper beyond having to be just a helper. You get to see her as as a human and 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 to understand her struggles. Um, to you know, just send money back to the Philippines, not having enough, having to 
provide uh, a second job just to make enough funds to send four dollars an hour i mean i know it was 1997 but still that's but so yeah so little and that's and that's the yeah. life and that's the reality of an immigrant worker in singapore i mean there's been so much scrutiny and so much like shadowy kind of shit um that singapore has kind of uh, put pushed and brushed to the side when it comes to immigrant workers in mm. their lives. I mean, right now we're seeing, uh, especially in this current climate, we're seeing a lot of backlash with with how the Singapore Singaporean government uh, dealt with their immigrant work, workforce um, and how yes, they've been treated yes. because of COVID um, has really painted uh, kind of an ugly picture on Singapore, but for, yeah. for the right reasons um, because of how... Um, how they were treated and how they've been treated for, for God knows mm-hmm. how long. And you get to see a glimpse of that in, in, um, in Ilo Ilo and in this kind of helper community, this Filipino community that yes, uh, centers around Lucky Plaza and you see a lot of them in Lucky Plaza or in areas of Orchard. Um, but I'm so happy that they kind of explored that, um, that, that side of it too. So you yeah. get to, to such that, a tender way. Yeah. Such a tender way, such a, such a human way that wasn't like that kind of bashfulness or that kind of like critical eye of like, uh, mm. look at these, look at this community, like striving to, to, you know, to just stay afloat in, in, in the Singaporean yeah. community. Like, no, they're, they're doing their best. And, um, and also there's this bond in this community that's formed with the Filipino, um, with the Filipino yeah. demographic. So it's yeah, it's the, the neighbors. The the neighbor was the neighbor. Is that her there? Yeah, yeah, that was the neighbor. The neighbors. Maid? That was or, the neighbor's helper. They were talking to so that she was talking to. Okay. In the corridor, which I also love. Yeah, I like I that scene that. a lot because that I scene. Because yeah, anyone who knows, who was you know from Singapore, maybe knew domestic workers or had domestic workers in their household, knew that they would often talk with each other because and would meet up like you know outside the HDBs or on like mm. dog walks. And it chat was, because that's the only people yeah. from their community that they could speak to. But I like that that yeah. scene like started out as after seeing all the shit that this poor woman Terry has to go through, she's talking to this other woman from her yeah. home country. Think, oh, this is kind of nice. They're bonding a little bit. She's giving her advice on how to mm. make more money. But then it kind of ends on a sour note where you know she says, oh, do you have your rosary? Yes, and she's like, oh, don't bother. There's no God here. And it's like, oh God. And yeah. then like you realize yeah. she's talking behind those railings. You know, there's like metal yeah. bars yeah. that they put. Super yeah, common which is in common, Singapore but it, too. The way that it's framed, it's, it's like, like, prison, it's like she's know? behind. It's, a, yeah, she's uh, in a jail mm. cell. And she even says, um, "I don't have off days." No, yeah. yeah. But she says, yeah. "I have off days." Once which is a like month. a big contrast. Mm. We talked about the dark side of how Singapore exploits its underclass, like its uh, its what its mm. foreign working class. Um, like I remember, I don't know what the rules are now, but I remember when I was going to school, there was a big debate where they were. It was uh, they were some people were trying to get the government to make it illegal not to give your domestic work for families, not to give their domestic worker at least one day off during the week, like a Sunday. And it was I think it didn't. I think it was um, to to. I think it's it it is. It may be now. Yeah, it may be now. But I remember two two days, two days, then two Sundays a month or something. Um, I mean, you think it changed. The point was for the longest the longest time it was. That you you were not you were not yeah. obliged yeah. to give your domestic worker any days off necessarily. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. I mean it, this it's it's a it's a common problem all over Asia. Like me being from the Middle East, it's even worse here. Mm. You know, um, it forces that 
under the table kind yeah. of you know extra work ever like I've, i see it here in the middle east and i see it a lot in singapore it's kind of a, i don't know if under the table is like a international yeah. term but uh yeah can 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 pay under the table uh, <laughs> yeah close, close one eye yeah, yeah, yeah. close one eye yeah. they even use that in um in the movie yeah. when i think the mom is um confronting the uh confronting uh terry about smoking cigarettes like close one eye oh my gosh i <laughs> I've heard that so much. <laughs> yeah, and like, it kind of it kind of gives you like a bleak undercurrent of of modern enslavement, modern slavery, um, just mm. under the guise of, of of capitalism. So you are still paid for what you do. So it kind of yeah. masks the fact that it's yeah you're not a slave. I'm paying you, but you know you get paid for four dollars an hour. Um, as a helper or or slightly less as a, an, an immigrant uh, construction worker, you know, like the, the mm. Bangladeshis or the Sri Lankans who have to fit in, you know, 20, who basically 20 men in built one room. Singapore. Yeah. yeah. Which is how the COVID so, spread, how, what, you know, that, that, that was what is, has been attributed to the second spike of COVID infections mm. in oh, Singapore, for sure. um, which is yeah. the terrible working conditions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before we yeah. finish, yes, um, maybe maybe not to finish on a on a negative note. Mm. This one of the things that this movie really, really brought back was my helper. Mm. You know, from when mm. I was growing up, and it made me think of my helper, who basically raised me, um, took care of me from when I was about eight to about thirteen. She was with us. And I remember her fondly. I, I remember being a little shit too, but there was also times when there was this tender, like almost motherly love that I got from from my helper at the time. And I think after watching this movie for the first time, Ollie, mm -hmm. like we spoke about this, and we were like, uh, "You're you're I think in contact with her a mm -hmm. little bit, but uh, unfortunately, I have no way of contacting my old helper." But it just it, it made me think of her, and it was such a such a warm feeling, you know. Like you know, I yeah. miss her. Mm -hmm. I wonder what she's doing. Mm -hmm. I hope she's happy. I hope she's doing well. And yeah, I just wanted to know what what you thought about that. Like, did did this? I, I th it definitely yeah, did. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, I messaged you. you yeah, I messaged helper, you yeah. right right after I finished watching this film, saying, um, "I've got a." I want to text. I want to message um, Remy, our, our um, the domestic worker that used to work in our household when my parents lived in Singapore. I merely wanted to reach out to her, and I and I did. Um, and I'm lucky enough. I'm lucky that she she's very active on social media, which is great. <laughs> she posts a lot, <laughs> and on Instagram too. She's an influencer. Yeah, yeah, she is. She's a bit of a brand ambassador. Um, Oh, yeah, but um, so no, I, I chatted to her and it was great. And yeah, it really does put into perspective the role that these people have in your lives and how often mm -hmm. overlooked, you know, without sounding, you know, condescending yeah. or anything, but how overlooked they can be in many ways. She had a huge role yeah. in my life, mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and it's like this film reminded me a little bit of like a film that was getting a lot of tension a, a year or two ago was Roma right like that mm, swept up the awards sure. at the oscars had a massive campaign behind it. everyone was talking about it big release on netflix and i think you could mm. look point to some similarities between that film and this one but i actually think this film's even better and i liked roma i think this mm. film 
Yeah, I've never seen Rome, um, so maybe check it that's, out. Uh, my my wife made that it. made that point as well. Uh, that 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 Roma correlation between between both films, and I, I'm with you on this one, Ollie. I like to say that I feel like Roma was the extravagant version of this film, was the big budgeted, you know, mm. Oscar nominated version. Alfonso Cuarón, and it was Alfonso Cuarón. So I still like cherish that film, and I love it. But there is a simplicity that didn't capture um, that. Ilo Ilo did capture because it's it took away all of 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 these elaborate extravagant um, layers that you can put in place, but you know you strip that away and you get a, a more of a human story. Yeah. Right. More of a naked truth, I guess. Um, right. So let's let's do it. I mean, are we just gonna like? straight out say 10 out of 10 from all of us because i mean at this point um i like to think that it is but please jabriel start us off with your rating all right so you know initially at the top of this episode i thought that yeah there were a few moments where i was like nitpicking a little bit my basic thought at that moment was that they they were trying to do too much mm. in the time but after our conversation you know, every single moment had its purpose and it all came to a natural conclusion that left us thinking of there was pos there is a possibility of positivity in the future for all the characters. We don't know, but I just love the way the the movie flowed, how they interlinked every single moment, every single scene. I love the development of the characters. It also brought me back mm. to living in Singapore, to being Singaporean, to it, it reminded me of my family members, um, my helper back in the day, you know? So for me, I think you guys know it's going to be 10. It's going to be 10 out of 10. <laughs> uh, Bubble tea. <laughs> they didn't even talk about bubble tea. Well, yeah, movie, no, the guy they? was gonna. No. The guy was thinking about opening up a bubble tea stand. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. right. Which I loved as well. That was a reference because, like, when I when I'd forgotten the movie, when I first watched this movie, I didn't realize it was set in 1997. So I was like, I mean, bubble tea's everywhere. Like, mm. I don't know if that's the best business to get into <laughs> right now. Up. But during yeah. the 90s, that probably would have been like the hot new thing coming from Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 10 out of 10 strokes of oh, the Because <laughs> that's a really Singaporean thing, right? Yeah, dark, dark. Um, yeah, right. I will just say that, yeah. Um, okay, yes. I will, I've been convinced, yes. I will go ahead and give this film, just because of what it also means to us on a sentimental, personal level, I will give this film... 10 out of 10 Tamagotchis that are being chucked mm. out of the car window. <laughs> that was so satisfying. I'm sorry. I felt bad for that kid, but yeah, also like, yeah, like... screw your Tamagotchi. But yes, deserve. <laughs> yeah. Read the room, kid. They're having an argument. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with a similar, similar rate here. Uh, I like to say that not many... Singaporean stories are told this raw or this intimate without some kind of censorship. Um, even the fact that there was, you know, um, nakedness and there was there was uh, a bit of nudity in this film was was 
surprise to me because you know there is incredible censorship in Singapore but the fact that this film remains so connected to the human story that it was that it was telling um the 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 rawness the intimacy um the delicateness uh it was just all very exquisitely done um and it really truly is a gem uh, of a Singapore film and I'm glad we got to watch it again um, and Jabril, I'm glad you got to watch it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Quite a quite a unique story, and um, so brave, so courageous, and so well told. And I will give this film ten uncles and helpers and aunties out of ten. <laughs> Lovely, awesome. Lovely. Another ten, ten out of ten across the board, guys. Boom! Yeah. Yeah. Done. We need, we do need to come in with that sound effect. <laughs> We do. Every yeah, time it's a yeah. 10 out of 10, we need a, we need a sound. Yeah. I feel like we all just have to go. Real trash. Drop the bass. Mike will make it. So I think as a treat for this one, I'm going to sign off in Singlish because you know what? I'm just going to do it. So thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you share, subscribe. Comment, like, five star, you know, everything like that. Uh. Um, I, I don't even remember. It's been a while since we do, we, we've we done this. Uh, but yeah, can share for me, can like for me, can can do all that stuff. Uh. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, guys. Uh, it was just, it's a pleasure. Damn, damn good. Shook. <laughs> Bye, Bagus. Well I don't done. know what else I could say. Well done. That can't be tough. Let's, let's just edit off there. That can't be tough. I guess I'll catch you guys for the next episode. I'm super excited for what we can we can get for the Southeast Asian gems. Catch y'all later. Hey guys, if you like the show, don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us on both at the Movie Newbie. Thanks for listening, guys, and catch you soon.